0: Well, this morning, we have uh, come to our final week in our series looking at this theme of the River of God. And for those of you who have been on this journey with us, I I hope it has envisioned you to see how this River of God's Spirit uh, transforms not only our lives, but also the lives of those we interact with. I hope it's opened your eyes to see the part we play in this river as we ourselves respond to the invitation Jesus gives to come to him the source as we've been singing about and drinking deeply, but then we go out as well springs into our community and be that river to those around us. And this has really been a recurring theme For us as a church, over several years, actually, we've had numerous prophetic words from different sources, as we've mentioned over the course of this series and in the past as well. Words all pointing to the fact that God's heart is to dramatically increase His His power and His presence amongst us as His people. Isn't that exciting? I'm really excited about that. And there's been this recurring theme throughout this this period that this empowering, this overflow of his presence will pour out into our community like a river. There's been this theme of this river. As Rob mentioned, that word I think Christine gave a couple of years ago now. The doors of this building being burst open and this river flowing into this room, into this building, setting us free, equipping, empowering us, healing us, strengthening us, shaping us, shaping us, and then the doors at the front bursting open and this river flowing out into the community. I think it's such a key word for us. And so, really to sum up this series, I just want us to look at how being the river of God really impacts us directly as a church. We've looked individually. We've looked at God being the source. We've looked at the way we interact with that as we are the the course of the river. And we've looked last week at the impact, the fact that we are God's resource as we ourselves become wellsprings. But I really want us this morning to embrace this identity of us being the river of God in Sutton and indeed to the nations. Okay? And to do that, we're going to start at the end. So if you've got your Bibles, let's turn to the uh, final book in the Bible, Revelation. The final chapter, Revelation 22. It's this amazing prophetic vision that John gets on the Isle of Patmos is revelation from God. Let's just read the first five verses, Revelation 22. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city, On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and His servants will serve Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun for the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. Just a beautiful picture of of an Eden restored. No longer just a garden but a city, a new Jerusalem. This is the end of the story and there... Right in the middle, we see this river flowing clear as crystal. There is no curse now because of sin. There is now no darkness. There's no separation from God. We will see his face. It's a beautiful picture of intimacy with this river bringing healing to the nations bearing fruit. Wonderful picture of total restoration. And we see actually that this is a costly river. The river of God's, this river of life is a costly river. It flows from the throne of God and from the lamb, the sacrificial lamb we were praying and singing about Jesus himself, the only reason why this river can flow out into the world is because of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. That is why there is no more curse, because he took the curse for our sin upon himself. It's a costly river. The only way we can access this river is by trusting and believing that Jesus paid for your sin. He dealt with it completely and totally on the cross, paying the price through his death and his resurrection. And now we stand clothed in his righteousness. That is why we receive the invitation to come to the river, come to the source of living water, the fountain of life, and drink. It's a costly river. And he, the lamb on the throne, Is the source. He is the source of salvation and hope and life. And I I like to think as John was receiving this this vision now in his 90s, I mean, just, just maybe 60 years before, I wonder if he remembered the very words of Jesus standing in the middle of that temple, declaring, If anyone is thirsty, Come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow out from within them. I wonder if he remembered that as he was seeing this picture of this river flowing out of the throne and of the Lamb. What scriptures was Jesus referring to? Well, it would have been the scriptures that we've been looking at throughout this series. Jesus' listeners would have been very familiar. With the vision that Ezekiel had prophesied about, this river flowing out of the temple. They they would have known passages like Jeremiah 17, 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in God, he will be like a tree planted by the water. He won't fear when drought comes, when heat comes. His leaves will always be green. He will always be bearing fruit in season every month. Again, we see this picture right at the end in Revelation. They would have known scriptures like this. They would have been familiar with the Psalms. Psalms like 40, Psalm 46. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. There is a river in the city of God. They would have known these scriptures. The thing is, if you know your geography... In your history, Jerusalem wasn't built on a river. It was very unusual in those days. Most cities were built on rivers for very practical reasons, for their source of water. Jerusalem didn't have a river. It had a spring, but that made it very vulnerable to attack. And yet, centuries before, Jesus himself stood up in that very city, in that temple, saying, come to me and drink, and rivers will flow out of you as you do so. There were these psalmists Sons of Korah prophesying about this life-giving spiritual river. I I just think that's wonderful, isn't it? Just this theme of this wonderful life-giving river flowing right the way through Scripture. Never really about a, a physical temple. I hope we're getting that. We're getting that picture. This is about, it's a call, it's a vision about who the people of God are meant to be. Even this vision in Revelation, it's not just a future picture, it's a picture of who we are meant to be in the here and now. So what does it mean for us today to embrace this identity? What does it mean for us to apply this to our church? Well, the first thing we can do is apply it to our church vision. Vision and identity are very closely entwined, or certainly should be. Vision is who the identity who we are. Vision is where we're going. They should be entwined. They should be almost one and the same thing. And if you've done our membership course recently or if you've looked on the website, you will know that our vision is, is like a three-part vision. It's up, in, and out. Up is growing in our relationship with God. In growing in our relationship and unity with one another, and out growing in our relationship and impact to the world around us. And I was just as we were going through this whole series and pre- planning it and preparing it, it just struck me how we can so easily apply our current vision to what we've been going through in this series the source, the course and the resource of the river and how we can adapt this into our vision. This is one way we can embrace this identity to be the river of God. is by applying it to our vision. So very briefly, the source is our up. As a church, we must always remember we can do nothing, nothing apart from God. He's our cornerstone. He's our life. Everything we do needs to be for him. And through him. It's it's the bedrock of who we are as God's people. We need to lay aside any hint of self-reliance. We spoke about that a couple of weeks ago. You know, any hint of digging our own wells. We need to just really flee from that as a church, individually and as a church. Totally reliant on his spirit. Totally reliant on him as the source of of all comfort and, and peace and joy, and strength, and wisdom, and and creativity. You know, he's gifted us in so many different ways, and we need to celebrate the gifts that he has given us, but we do it in his strength, under his guidance. The source of the river is always higher than what it flows into. We looked at that in this series, and how we must always, as we've been saying, be lifted up. Be lifted up. We must always enthrone God. We must always elevate him and come to him with humble hearts. God gives grace to the humble. He opposes the proud. So his blessing, so his power, so his presence can, can flow in us and through us. As we gather in our small groups and large groups, we, we need to make encountering him and his presence the priority. It starts with him. This is what we value. This is our vision. It starts with responding to this very intimate invitation. Come and gaze at my face. Come to the river. It's an intimate relationship with the author and sustainer of life. You know, what a privilege. From now until eternity. He's the instigator. He's the source. The course is our in. We are being built into this living temple. Living stones, all sorts of different shapes and sizes and backgrounds, built together into a living spiritual temple where God dwells by his spirit. You know, we're very, very ordinary vessels, aren't we? All sorts of different sizes, but we can all carry... And we do all carry this precious living water. That's why it's so important, as again we said a couple of weeks ago, to keep connected to the source, to to keep clearing out all the stuff that reduces and restricts the flow of the Spirit of God. The onus is on all of us as a church to do that, to not carry around offence and, and unforgiveness and hurt and whole grudges and, or being limited by fear or unbelief. We, we need to help one another in that. You know, we're not solo swimmers in this river. We're in this river together. This is the course. This is our in. As we do that, we will bear fruit together. Galatians 5 tells us what this fruit is. It's spiritual fruit because our roots are going into the spirit, the river. It's fruit that we can't bear on our own, without the Spirit's help, or indeed isolation from one another. It's important to remember that we, we need to remain connected to the source, but also connected to one another. We, we sometimes forget that second part, but it's important. We stay connected to the source, but also connected to one another. That's when we all develop this love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Is that them all? It's the fruit of the Spirit, fruit we don't produce in our own strength. Is there one more if I miss one? Gentleness. Well done. So we need to keep on encouraging one another, don't we? I need encouragement. I need spurring on. You know, I just love those tough mudder values that Rob put up last week. I found those so helpful. It's all about doing this together, not being solo swimmers. I don't know if you saw or heard about that story of the Brownlee brothers. Do you remember that? Look at that. This week, look at that agony on his face. Wow. For those of you who didn't catch up with this story, these guys are amazing triathlon athletes. And uh, this week, it was the uh, World, World Triathlon Series, I think it was. And Johnny on the right was in the lead and just not that far from the finish line, he collapsed. Absolute exhaustion. Ran out, empty, collapsed. And then his brother Alistair came alongside, picked him up off the ground, threw his arm around his shoulder and literally dragged him to the finish line. And I love the way I mean they could have run across the finish line together. That would have been wow, wonderful. But do you know what he did? He pushed his brother across the line. He just went ooh, collapsed so that his brother would get second place and he would get third. I just thought, what a wonderful example about preferring one another. I just thought, you know, yes, they were overtaken, but wow, I'm going to make sure you get second. I'll take third. Carrying each other's burdens, there's a a very visual demonstration. Preferring one another. We're in this river together, yes? You know, when we see a a brother or a sister struggling in church, you know, as we're going down this river, maybe they've been knocked by a, a boulder. Somebody's hurt them. A boulder of disappointment, Change of circumstances. Wow, that took me out. And maybe we see them crawling to the side of the bank. I'm just having, I need to get out of this. That's when they need us to come alongside. Throw their arm around our shoulder. Literally carry them if we need to. Support, encourage, pray to be there for them. To help them continue the race. We're part of this course together. And the resource is our out. As we looked at last week, the impact of the river is huge. It's huge. As we respond to this invitation to drink, so we become God's resource in this world. You know what? We we don't just drink for ourselves. We drink for the world around us. We drink for the world around us. Again, just that picture of the river flowing into this building, it doesn't stay in this building. It doesn't stay with us. It goes out into the community. As Jesus said in John 7, rivers of flowing water will flow out from you. There's an in, but there's also an out. As we ourselves are transformed by God's Spirit flowing in us, so we become the resource in His hands to the world. And as I was preparing this, I really felt God was strongly wanting to remind us, don't underestimate the impact of this river. Don't underestimate the impact of this river. As we are repeatedly filled with this Holy Spirit, as we are, are repeatedly committing ourselves to connecting to the source through prayer, through intercession, as we give ourselves to it, I believe we will see Mighty boulders eroded, broken through. I really believe that. On the back of these prophetic words we've been receiving as a church, this increase of God's spirit, this increase, there will be breakthrough. As we see these rivers eroding, hard rocks over time, valleys are formed, mountains are leveled. There is power, and we mustn't underestimate that. I really believe we will see hard hearts soften to the gospel. I believe we will see walls of defense that people have built up through hurt or through disappointment broken down as the river of God's love and grace flows to them. I believe we will see cultural strongholds broken down and swept away. I believe that. You know, you say, oh, this this area has never been been a safe area. Or this one's been a very hard area for the gospel. I believe we will see that change as this river of God, of, of His Spirit, flows out. I think there could be a temptation to think, you know, what difference can I make? What difference can we make? We're just a fairly small church. I think when you have a small bunch of people filled with the Holy Spirit, that can change the world. kind of seen that somewhere before, haven't we? We're going to be doing a series in Acts starting next Sunday, and we'll be looking again at the impacts that a bunch of of very ordinary and, and for the most part uneducated people had on the world when they were full of the Holy Spirit, when they became the river of God to their city. And indeed, the nations, a river which we are now part of. And I really feel God is telling us not to despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. I believe this is a new day for us, a new season. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. You know, Jesus described the kingdom of God, didn't he, as a mustard seed. Little insignificant seed. Yet it grows to become a mighty tree. Talks about it being yeast. And yet a little pinch of yeast impacts and infects the whole batch of dough. That's the kingdom of God. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. That was said to Zerubbabel as he led that first wave out of captivity. And they just looked at the ruin of Jerusalem and the temple. Don't despise the The day of small beginnings, I'm building something far bigger and far greater than you have ever imagined. I was reading about Facebook this week and uh, how it's now become most people's primary source of news and information. It is the number one information and news channel, supersedes BBC, CNN or whoever, it's Facebook. And so influential has it become, they're saying it it can now sway or directly influence the presidential vote. It's that powerful. They're calling on those who monitor the output of Facebook to actually uh, wake up to their responsibility for this massive influence they have, as 1.6 billion people now log on. Huge, massive impact. It has had on the way we are shaped, on the way we receive information, on the way we think about the world. Incredible influence and impact. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg has now set his sights on eradicating, or at least finding cures to, all known diseases in the next 10 years. Did you see that headline? How's that for a vision? (laughs) That's pretty amazing, isn't it? And It all started out by a slightly nerdy Harvard student In his dorm, putting up this program, this college Facebook to link students together. Actually, its original thing was to rate whether the students were hot or not. I mean, tiny beginnings, global impact. We've got an even greater global impact that God has called us to. The Bible clearly tells us, and we see this in Revelation Healing for the nations. When all things have been made new, there's this river still running through, clear as crystal, bringing healing, bringing hope, bringing life. I just love that picture in Ezekiel 47 of the river making the sea fresh. That doesn't usually happen, does it? Usually, if you kind of ever waded into a river that goes out into the sea, taste the water, a few feet in, it's salty. The fresh water, gallons and gallons of it, goes into the sea. It's now salty. The sea has influenced the water. What does that tell you of what we're called to be as the river of God? When the river of God in Ezekiel is so influential and so powerful, it makes the sea fresh. What does that tell you about the impact we can have on our society, on our culture, on social justice? Let justice roll like a river. It's powerful. It's powerful. This is the impact that God is calling to. Us to. This is our identity. This is our identity. I don't know if we've seen the next photo. If we can just ping on one. It's installed. It there we go. I love that. I don't know where it is, I've forgotten. Who, any geographers here? Anyone know where it is? It's probably somewhere like Arizona. I just love that. But it's just, I mean, you can see, that used to be a plain. It's been cut out by this river as it goes down. Nothing can stop this river. Eventually, it will break through and become, you know, uh, joined through. It carves through rock. It's a mighty, mighty impact. And I believe God is saying to us, let's not make an agreement with unbelief. Let's not look at this little trickle that we may be experiencing now, And think that's all there is to it. And be satisfied with that. Let's not settle for the limited numbers of people that we are seeing saved. We give thanks for every one of them. Wasn't that wonderful? That testimony that Rob gave this morning. We give thanks for every single life saved. Every person healed. Every person that sees breakthrough and freedom. But let's not think that that is it. Let's not make an agreement with unbelief and say, well, it's just a trickle. Because God has called us to be a river. We need to keep taking him at his word. Saying, God, you've said there's healing for the nations. God has been prophesying over us, saying there is so much more. Let's be in agreement that we're going to receive that word by faith. Amen? Amen. You know, this this desert dry world needs this river of God. It can transform lives. It sets people free, running clear as crystal, through and out of his church. We need to choose to believe that this is who we're called to be. It's a choice. We need to adopt this as our identity, adopt this as our vision. Identities, as I said, are tied up in our vision. Identities are also tied up in our name. And as a leadership team, we have been praying a lot about our church name. And we've mentioned it a couple of times from the front, we've talked through it. We felt it's right to change our name, but we wanted a very clear prophetic element to it Uh, something that would help shape our identity as a church and, and shape our vision as a church, but also something that had a positive impact to those who are not yet in the church. And on the back of all that God has been saying to us over these last, well, it's actually four years now, about him wanting to pour out his spirit like a river in increasing measure upon us, that, that this river then needs to flow out of us and impact our community. We, we really feel God has given us a new name. So, are you ready? From the beginning of October, which is literally a week away, Sutton Family Church is going to become known as, drum roll! actually if the drums, no, no, imagine a drum roll. River Church Sutton. Okay? <laughs> so there we go. Some people are going, yeah, I saw that coming. Uh, some people are going, what? As I said, we, we've, we've been itching to tell people for a while now, and, but we felt it was right to take people on the journey that really God's been taking us on. And it really has been a journey. It has been a, a long journey. Just to say we, we are, as of next week, the, the website, very practically, website's going to be changing Um, There's going to be a members meeting on October the 4th for everyone who wants to come along and ask questions, uh, discuss any of the implications of this. Uh, We'll be able to explain in more detail the practicalities. Um, But I I think this is such an exciting and redefining moment for us as a church. Uh, I'm just full of faith for it. I know a lot of the leaders are as well. I hope you are as well. But as I said, it's, it's been a journey for us as a leadership team. Uh, I believe it's more than just a name. I believe it will help really shape us as a people. I hope it will really define our vision and where God is calling us to be and to go over the next few years, whatever it takes. But it comes directly on the back of weighing these prophetic words, of being led through the Scriptures, of what God is calling us to do. It's not something we've done lightly. It's something that we've had input from, from those who have apostolic oversight over us, those in New Ground, those in New Frontiers, people like Terry Virgo, Dave Holden, Phil Moore, um, all of which were massively enthusiastic about this, uh, which obviously helps. We also asked those outside the church, non-Christians, you know, what does this mean for you? And because the term river is not Christianese, you know, it's, it's not a, a deeply sort of spiritual term on the face of it, anyone can relate to a river. And so we got comments like, well, it makes me think of adventure, it makes me think of movement, it makes me think it's a place of refreshing, it makes me think of it. it's a peaceful place, depending on what river you're kind of picturing in your mind. But all of these things should be very true of us. So hopefully, it will actually help people relate and get a taste, maybe, hopefully, of what they'll experience on a Sunday or in a midweek group or in an event we put on. So I think it really speaks to those outside the church, which I think is really important. But most of all, I'm really excited about this call of God on us as a church to be the river of God's spirit flowing freely in us and through us and then out into the community. It's more than just a name, as I said. It's more than just a name. But it's a name I believe we will grow into. I really believe that. You know, biblical names were important and are important. Names are important and in the bible they were often described the character of the person you've got jacob the deceiver yeah that kind of sums him up actually god later changed his name to israel after he wrestled with god it means someone who contended with god and overcame names sometimes describe the character of the person but often they were prophetic Often people had to grow into their name, and, and we see many, many examples of this. I mean, one of them is Gideon, means slayer. It's a nice name, isn't it, if you're thinking of, you know, just a destroyer, one who fells. And there we first meet him, hiding like a coward in a wine press. Do you know what your name means? Well, God did. When he calls Gideon, he calls him mighty warrior. And eventually, of course, you know the story perhaps. Gideon ends up defeating the Midianites, saving God's people. He becomes, he grows into his name. But I think this prophetic element is particularly true when God changes your name. And again, many, many examples in Scripture, perhaps you can do a Bible study on that at some point, of when God changes a name. I mean, the two probably most well-known ones or Abraham, in his ripe old age, was renamed Abraham, meaning father of many nations, father of a multitude. Can you just imagine living with that? It's not just a call of God on your life, it's your name. Hi, I'm Abraham, father of a multitude. And you're kind of like looking around, have you got any kids yet? Nope, not yet. I'm in my 70s, 80s, 90s. But God had given him this name, and he received it by faith. He didn't make an agreement with unbelief. It was a battle, (laughs) if you know the story. But he received it by faith. That's what it says in Hebrews 11. This is the name God has given me. There is a prophetic element to it. I'll receive it by faith. And of course, you know the story. It was fulfilled. Another one, another very popular, well-known one, was Simon, who Jesus renamed Cephas or, or Peter, that meant rock. And yet when we read the Gospels, Peter wasn't very rock-like, was he? He kept on crumbling. He kept on putting his foot in it. Jesus had to rebuke him. He ended up denying Jesus three times, crumbling, crumbling. Under the accusation, hey, you you were with Jesus, weren't you? No, no, not me. Crumble, 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 like chalk. And yet Jesus had called him rock. Why? Because he saw when the time had come, when he said, Peter, who do you say I am? Peter said, you are the son of the living God. And on that revelation, that rock of faith, Jesus said, on this rock I will build my church on that revelation that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. He saw that Peter would become a rock. And of course, as Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, what a rock he became. Leading and establishing and influencing the early church. Incredible. Each one believed the identity that God had given them. And as they relied on his power at work in their weaknesses, which were very evident. So I love these stories. God's power perfected in their weaknesses. So they became the people they were literally called to be and named to be. They grew into their names. So names are important. And I believe this is true for us as River Church Sutton in this borough. We need to receive it by faith. We need to receive it by faith. We need to take God at his word. We need to be dependent on him as our source. We need to be totally dependent on the Holy Spirit to shape and mold us to be this river. And I believe we will see increasing influence, not just in this borough, but to the nations, because that's the promise. That's why I took us to the end of the story. Revelation. We see the impact. Let's not despise the day of small beginnings. We have a huge God who has called us to be a mighty river, to have a global impact (laughs) on this world. We started this year, I was just reminded as, as I was going through this. We kicked off this year, we did a vision preach based on Isaiah 43. Verse 18 and 19. I don't think we had much idea of where God would take us, but this is what we preached into. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Let's embrace what God is calling us to all that he is doing in us and through us. And let's jump into this river with both feet. Amen.